this one doesn't get my mat. I do apologize. It doesn't quite sound the same, um, but it, uh, it allows me to be, to be able to preach without sucking in on stuff that gets sucked in my mouth. Wow. Give them a moment while they, they, they mess with the, the sound. Alrighty. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. We're going to be reading uh, the first six verses. We're going to pray and ask the Lord to help us. And uh, I trust uh, that uh, as, we, as we go through this account of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, that you're encouraged. I pray that you're challenged. May God help us. Verse 1 says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which he was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity that we can once again open your word. Lord, I thank you that that our foundation, Lord, that our uh, that our feet stand upon the gospel. Lord, I thank you that it's a it's, it's a foundation that does not shake, that does not that does not crack, Lord, that will not fall away, Lord. But we can trust that the gospel stands not because of Christ's death, Lord, but because of His resurrection. Lord, we we pin so much upon the death of the of our Savior, and there was much done on the cross. But Lord, it was it was empowered by the what was done when Christ got up out of the grave, and we thank you for it. Help us now, Lord. I pray that you give me the words to speak. I pray that, Lord, I, I know I'm not worthy to stand here. Lord, I know that I'm not, I don't have the ability. But God, I pray that you would help me to convey the truth of the gospel here this, after, this morning. I pray that you would help us to understand it. Lord, I pray that you would have your way in each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were to look at the gospel, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you don't need to turn there. We'll be there this afternoon. If you come back, we'll be looking at uh, the hope uh, that's found in the resurrection. But uh, Paul goes on to talk to the Corinthian church uh, about their foundation being the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that gospel is, is illustrated in the death, the burial, and the resurrection. You, you, you can't have just the death. We focus much upon the death of Christ. And listen, the, the death of Christ is important. Uh, the Bible says that the, 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 the blood that was shed, that our iniquity was laid upon him there. Uh, the book of Colossians describes as, as uh, the, those, uh, those, those things that were against us, uh, those, uh, those accusations that were against us were nailed with him on the cross, and he paid for it once and for all. When he said it is finished, it was finished. It's done. Nothing more had to be done to pay, to be at the, to, to, to pay for our sin. We don't have to add to it. We don't have to join a specific church. You don't have to be baptized. You don't have to... You don't have to uh, give certain money to certain people or do specific things with your life. Do you know what you got to do? Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Uh, but, but listen, if, if, if that's all it was, if that's all it was was the death, well, if he died, so does everybody else. 
If you, if you remember, he actually himself prophesied that you destroy this temple, and three days later, it will rise again. He also said, just like Jonah was going to, had spent three days in the whale's belly, and, and to be brought forth again, he was prophesying his own death and then his resurrection. In fact, at the end of this, as we're going to go through here, he, he, the, the, the Pharisee said, said, hey, listen, he said that he's going to rise again in three days. We need to seal that tomb, and you need to set a guard out there because those, those deceivers, those disciples are going to come and steal the body and tell everybody that he rose again. Then, then we'll have a mess on our hands. Well, the disciples didn't need to steal the body. Jesus is going to rise again. But I, I, as we begin to think about this, uh, uh, go back, we go all the way back to John chapter 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Why was it so important that this man died for the sins of the whole world? Because Revelation says that before the foundations of the world, before God ever created the world, the Bible says the Lamb was slain. What lamb is that? The lamb that was slain for the sins of the whole world. If you remember John the Baptist himself, the, the most famous preacher at the time outside of the Pharisees, says, said this, he's, he, he says that he, there was one coming after him, that whose shoes he was not worthy to, 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 to loosen or to latch. And, and when he saw Jesus walking along, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God, that's him right there, that taketh away the sins of the world. He identified Jesus way back in the beginning of the book of John. In fact, in the book of Matthew, Mark and Luke, he's also identified as the one who was to come to be the Messiah. Now, we talked about last week that, that he wasn't here for to be king of, of Israel. He didn't come to, to set up a, an earthly reign, although that's what they wanted at the time. Even the disciples in Acts chapter 1, as he's getting ready to ascend up into heaven after his resurrection, they said, Lord, is it now time? I mean, we've been waiting for this for the last three and a half years. Is it time now? And he said, it's not for you to know. That, that time will come, by the way. It is prophesied. Uh, there will come a time when he comes back. In fact, as he ascended up into heaven, the, the, the angels came and they stood there and they said, why stand you here gazing? Because just like he, he, he ascended up into heaven, listen, he's coming again. And when he comes this next time, he isn't going to come as, as the Savior. He's going to come as King. In fact, the Bible says that he'll have his vesture, his vesture, his robe dipped in blood, and on his thigh will be the word King of Kings. He will come with fire in his eyes and a sword coming from his mouth. He will be the king one day, but when he came here to this earth the first time, he did not come to destroy. He did not come to conquer. He did not come to overcome the political things today. In today's day and age, man, politics and people are getting, we're just divided as a, as a people. We're divided as a country. And listen, it's never been any different. There have always been politicians and, 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 and religious folks that hated each other. And it's always been that way. Even back in Jesus' day. And they wanted Jesus to come and be the king then, but he didn't come to be their king. He came to be their savior. The Bible says that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. After, after John pointed to, out to his disciples that were there, some of them began to follow Jesus. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God was taken away the sins of the world. They, they began to follow Jesus throughout his time on this earth. And, and uh, Jesus was led up into the mountain uh, alone to, to, for 40 days and 40 nights to be tempted of Satan. Uh, listen, he went, he went through and endured physical and spiritual temptation just like you and I. But the Bible says he did it yet without sin. Uh, there wasn't a time where he bent. There wasn't a time where he bowed. There wasn't a time... Where 
he, he cracked. There wasn't a time when he questioned whether or not he should do what was right. Every time he was tempted, he responded with, Thus saith the Lord, or it is written. Every time he, he responded with the word of God. And listen, he never did once did sin. He came down off that mountain. He was ministered to while he was there. He came down and he said to, the, to some of the disciples, Peter, James, and John, follow me. They were there on the river, or there on the Sea of Galilee, mending their nets, and they dropped their nets, and they began to follow Jesus Christ. They, they began to learn of him and find out who he was. They followed him here and there, and, and, and he began to teach them. And, and Mark puts it this way. He said, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. They began to train them, prepare them for, for, for what he was one day going to call them to do, to give up everything and to be, be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And listen, we have many people who will believe that he's the Savior. We have many fewer people who are willing to be a disciple and a follower of Jesus Christ. It's easy to say, I believe, as long as it doesn't have to affect what I do with the rest of my life. And I don't have to give up anything. anything as long as I stay the course, stay my course and do what I, I, I think is best. No, Jesus said, die to self, pick up your cross and follow me. So hey, he called them to be disciples. They, they began to be trained. And they, they saw him do all kinds of miracles. He turned the water into wine, and they brought the, to him, uh, it was Peter's mother, they brought him to Peter's mother, and he, he healed her, and, they, and everybody saw that, they're telling everybody, and most of the time when he healed somebody or did something miraculous, he told people to, shh, it's not time. Because he knew that if a great number of people found out what he was able to do and what he had accomplished here on this earth, that they would try to rise up and make him king. In fact, in John chapter 6, that's exactly what happened. He, uh, he took a little boy's lunch, five loaves and two fish, and he broke them and he blessed it and he fed 5,000 people with that small amount of food. And in John chapter 6, it said that they, they got together and tried to forcibly take him to make him king. That's exactly what they wanted, but that's not why he was here. He was not here to feed the hungry, although he did it. He was not here to, to heal the sick, although he did it. He wasn't here to raise the dead, although he did it. He was here to die on a cross for the sins of the whole world. As he hung there on that cross, they arrested him and they beat him and they scourged him. And we won't go into all the horrific details of the things that they did to him. As he hung there on that cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he begins to think, who's he talking about? I mean, the Roman guards, they're, they're, they're there. They're, they're the ones literally nailing him to the cross. Uh, is it them? Uh, they, they were under orders. If, if anybody was uh, the least culpable of that, of that uh, murder of, of an innocent man, it was the men who were ordered to do it. But I don't think he was just talking about them. He had the, the crowd jeering at him and the Pharisees who had gotten together. And, listen, they led the crowd of the chance of crucifying him. Were they at fault? Absolutely. But I'd like to think that the scope of what he said was just a little bit bigger than that. That he thought of every person who would, who would one day be born, who would sin, and his, their sin would be nailed to his cross to say, no, his, he didn't die for the sins of the whole world. That's exactly what he died for. For the most despicable, disgusting, terrible person that you can think of in history or in, that you know, he died for them too. But you know what that means? He died for you. See, we, we, we tend to judge other people by the deceitfulness and the wickedness of their own sins, but we neglect to look at how just uh, we, the people don't know the true us. 
We don't want people to know everything about us. We don't want people to know the things that we have done, the, 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 the trouble that we have caused, the, the, the things that we have done alone when no one else is around. Uh, uh, listen, we'd be afraid of somebody to find those things out. But Jesus knew all about it. And we hung on that cross. He said, Father, forgive them. The whole reason he died was for your and my sin. The next thing he did is he looks, he looks to the right. There, the Bible says there were two, there were two malefactors. He was crucified amongst uh, criminals. He died a criminal's death, although he was innocent. And, and they, at one point, they were both mocking him. But at some point along the line, one of them got some sense into his head, and he said, "Listen, stop making fun of him. He's, he's innocent. You and I, we're dying because we did something. He's dying for no reason at all." And Jesus looked at him and he said, "He says, remember me. He said, today I'll see you in paradise." See, not only did he have a wide focus looking at everybody that had sinned and had brought him to that, 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 that point of the cross, he also looked at individuals. There's a song, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Only the mind of God could comprehend all of the individuals that were to be, that were to be paid for that day. Jesus could do it. As his body began to to grow thirsty, brother brother uh, Donnie read a verse there. That's Psalms chapter twenty-two. Turn back there real quickly, if you would. This is just this is just an introduction, but his body's been hanging here for possibly hours. He's been bleeding from the scourging and the beatings he has received overnight. It says in verse 15, My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. Thou hast brought me into the dust of death. This idea that, that uh, uh, is, 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 uh, have you ever been thirsty? Have you ever been dehydrated thirsty? Hey, remember, he's been bleeding for hours. Your body only produces so much blood, and you become dehydrated. It, it, it becomes this. It talks about his tongue cleaving to his mouth. If you if you if you come to into the presence of somebody whose body is uh, is dying, and one of the things that you'll find is many times they they, they have trouble speaking because because uh, their mouth is dry because their their body is shutting down and they're not they're, they're not able to salivate and bring that water to their mouth anymore. If you're in a hospital, many times they'll they'll give them those swabs to 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 to, 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 to moisten their lips so that it doesn't hurt so much. But it's it's just uncomfortable, and that's the, that's what I see here. He says, "I thirst." the one who was the living water he said if you drink of me to the woman of the well of that cup you'll never thirst again he said I thirst a few minutes later he says my God my God why has not forsaken See, uh, what was he saying? Listen, hey, we, we focus so much upon the, the, the physical ailments, the, the physical problems that he went through. Uh, this is the first time in, his, in the life of Jesus here on this earth that he was without the Father's presence. The, the, the agony that he, he went through was greater for that than I believe than it was for the uh, for the, the beating and the, the, the scourgings and, the, and the, the crown of thorns and all the other things that being nailed to the cross. That was worse. Because for the first time, the son was separated from the father. He said two more things from the cross. 
Every time he had to breathe, speak, he had to pull himself up. As, as he hung there, uh, he could fill his lungs with, with air. Uh, if you notice, you put your arms up, you can breathe better. But to exhale, he would literally have to push on his heel, which was nailed to the cross, and then pull up. And he wasn't holding on to anything. Uh, there were nails in his wrist, and he would pull up to breathe. It's as if it is finished. What a word. When he died on the cross, he, he died for the sins of the whole world. Hebrews says it like this. They, they, while the, while the, the priests throughout, throughout the history of Israel had to kill the bulls and the goats day after day and year after year and revisit that because, for the sins of the people, he did it once and for all. And the Bible says he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Listen, it, it, it was done at that point in time. And then he said, into, my, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And he let out his last breath and he died. Joseph of Arimathea, a, a believer, a disciple, went to Pilate and begged for his body. They took down his body and they began to wash it. Listen, when, when, they, when the people were crucified by the Romans back in those days, uh, uh, they didn't bury them in a way that was uh, pleasant. That uh, many times they were just thrown in the trash or they were, they were piled in a heap. Uh, they, they, they had to go and ask for permission to take down the body of Christ. They took it, and listen, they loved him. They, they had followed him. They had been with him for three and a half years, and now they're grieving. And they're trying to honor the one that they loved. And they washed off the blood and the grime. And they bound him up. And Joseph gave up of his own tomb. Uh, Jesus, Jesus used a borrowed tomb. But listen, he, he had a borrowed tomb. You know why? He wasn't going to need it for very long. <laughs> his plan wasn't to stay there. And they buried him in that, that borrowed tomb. And, and a stone was rolled in front of the grave. And we, that's where we find ourselves at the end of Matthew chapter 27. The, the Pharisees have come to, 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 to Pilate and said, listen, they buried him. And listen, this is what he said. He's going to rise again in three days. Let's read to verse 62. Now the next day, the follow the day of the preparation of the chief priests, the Pharisees came together unto the Pilate saying, sir, we remember that deceiver, what that deceiver said. Uh, while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch, meaning a, uh, meaning a, a, a group of men. Go your way. Make it sure as you can. I love that. Make it as sure as you can. You know what they did? They, uh, they, they put a seal about the, the stone. They poured wax upon it uh, so that they, that they would know if the stone had been moved and rolled and broken. Uh, they, they set a guard to stand alongside of it, so armed with weapons uh, of warfare to, to keep out uh, anybody who would attempt to steal the body. But listen, they didn't need to worry about the disciples coming to steal the body. They were terrified and hiding of themselves. When Jesus was arrested, they scattered. The only, one who, the only two that followed were Peter and John, and Peter denied Christ and went out and wept bitterly that night. Listen, uh, John was the only one that we, that we that was noted as being there, and he was told by the Savior, Behold your, behold your mother, uh, Jesus speaking of his own mother, and he was to take care of her. Listen, they weren't there. They were, they were terrified of what might happen to them. They were grieving the loss. They were discouraged. They were, they, they, they were depressed. Everything that they had pinned their hopes and, and their plans on had just died upon the tree and was now buried in the tomb. 
There was no need to, 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 to seal that, but they did. They made it as sure as they could. And then we find ourselves here in chapter 28. We're here today to celebrate and to praise God for the resurrection. It's Easter. Uh, it's, it's a day that's been set aside for that, but can I tell you, it's, we shouldn't just be celebrating the resurrection of, uh, of, of our Savior on, on Easter. In fact, we celebrate it every Sunday when we get together. Do you know why we meet on the first day of the week? Because Jesus rose on the first day of the week. It's his day uh, today. It's uh, the first day of the week in order to give that day to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he lives. And listen, because he lives, we have everything. Uh, according to, to, to Paul, if Christ had not risen, we would be of all men most miserable because we're, posting our, our, or we're putting our hopes and our dreams in a lie. But Paul goes on to say, but he is risen. He is risen. Look with me, if you would, at this awesome wonder. This awesome wonder. And verse 1 says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. I've always found it interesting here that uh, it does not say Mary the mother, or Mary, not Mary uh, the mother, but Mary the, uh, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. But if you remember, before he died, in fact, about a week before he died, she anointed his body with oils, spikenard. She broke that alabaster box. We, we covered that here a couple weeks ago, and, and, and uh, she poured it upon his head and upon his feet. She, she wept over his feet, and she wiped his feet with her tears. And, and listen, she anointed him. In fact, he says that he anointed her for, her, for his death. How did she know? And no one else knows. The Pharisees knew. This is what he said, but the disciples have all forgotten that one day he's going to rise again. Here, two Marys are coming to the, to the early in the morning to anoint the, to anoint the body. This is verse 2, and behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. This awesome wonder that we see. Listen, before, before the stone was rolled away, Jesus was already gone. The angel did not roll the stone away so that Jesus could escape. They did not have to go and release him from the, from the, the bindings. And if you read the other accounts, uh, uh, they found them laying there just as if his body had been in them, but his body was not. And the napkin was folded and placed in his head. Listen, uh, he rose from the dead. He sat up and he, he walked out of that place just like he walked into where the disciples were. Nobody saw it. They didn't see it. What they needed to see, why the reason they needed to see that door, that door rolled away is they needed to be able to see there was an empty tomb. They need to see an empty tomb to know that he was not there. And it started like this, an earthquake. Remember, they're standing outside of the, uh, the, the tomb. They're guarding it. The seal is, 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 is about it. They've, they've poured wax over it so that they know that if somebody tries to break into it, uh, that, they, that they can prove that it was stolen. And they're standing there suddenly. Have you ever been in an earthquake? Most, mo most people, especially in Maine, uh, though we do have more earthquakes than I remember. 
uh, most of them though are so small you can't really feel. I can remember I was at uh, I was working over here at Delta Ambulance a, a few years ago, and it's been at least six six years ago. But there was a small earthquake, and we heard there was a, a shaking, and it almost sounded like a, a, a just loud crack. I don't know what it was. Really weird. The earth began to quake. Maybe the, as you see on the movies, you see the things begin to shake on the shelves. Maybe the pebbles began to bounce and the dust began to, to shuffle. They listen, and they, they began to look around like, hey, what's going on? We've, we haven't experienced this before. The earth began to shake. And the Bible says an angel descended from heaven. I don't know about you, but that would scare me. I, I, I'm not one of great fortitude. I'm not one uh, braver than most. I'm not going to say that I, I wouldn't have fainted. But every single one of the soldiers, it must have been a terrifying, terrifying fright, uh, sight when they saw the angel descending from heaven because they all fell down and the Bible says as if they were dead men. They beheld a supernatural, or the sudden earthquake and supernatural experience. Uh, the stone was moved uh, moved away. Uh, the angel came and rolled that stone away. And again, Jesus didn't need to roll it. He could have rolled it himself. He could have spoken out of existence if that's what he wanted to do. But the angel rolled it away. And, and what a magnificent sight to look into this tomb and there wasn't anybody in there anymore. It, it was empty. Uh, they, they were there when he was placed. They were there when they saw the body lay there. But it's, it's empty. In fact, he, he, he tells them in a moment to come in and see where the Lord lay. I don't know about you, but that would have had a strong effect on me. Here these men were to guard the tomb. And listen, when Romans gave you, a, when the Roman commanders gave them a job to do and they failed to do it, do you know what happened to those Romans? I can't make that very that sound very good. They they were typically executed, beheaded, killed. Why? Because they failed to do what they were supposed to do. And, and they, 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 and these men failed. To, they had made it as safe as they could. They they had put that seal upon it. But let's, guess what? The angel rolled it away. And they were supposed to keep that body in there and keep people from stealing it. But guess what? Jesus got up anyways. He didn't need uh, the help of anybody. It, it was it was a magnificent sight and it had a strong effect. They all passed out. And there's a straightforward explanation. You see here, verse 2, it says, And behold, there was a great earthquake. The angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto them, And the woman, Fear not, ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. There's a straightforward explanation. Listen, we're, we're going to go back to, to this in a minute, but the, those men that, 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 that uh, were passed out like they were dead men, they had to come up with some kind of excuse. Later on in the chapter, we're going to find that they, they were told to go and tell others that the disciples came and, and, and uh, stole the body. Listen, that doesn't jive too well with the fact that none of them survived. They were told to spread that rumor, although they, if that was the case, they'd all been dead because the Romans would have killed them for not being obedient to it. But isn't it funny how today that the world tries to come up with some other, some other explanation as to how Jesus was not in that tomb? There are people that, that say, that claim to be believers that try to make up other, uh, other, other reasons. Uh, uh, there's, there, there's a theory out there that, that he didn't die on the cross, that, uh, that, 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 
really happened was that he was just uh, passed out. And I don't know about you, but I probably would have passed out on that cross. But, but when he, the Bible says he gave up the ghost, and he died, and they, they pierced his side. And the Bible says that blood and water came out. The water was from the pericardium that surrounded his heart. This is what killed him, a broken heart, pretty much literally. And his, that pericardium filled with fluid so the heart could no longer pump and, 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 and move the blood around. And, and listen, that's how, that's how he died. And when they pierced that water, that blood came forth, and they knew he was dead. That's why they didn't break his legs. Fulfilling scripture. He didn't just pass out and then reawaken in the grave. You know how I know? See, well, you believe because the Bible says so. Let, let's, let's just stop for a minute. How many times do you see something written somewhere and you just believe it? How many of you have had Google? So, well, you don't just believe something because Google says it. I agree. You don't just believe something because Google says it. But how many people do? What about eyewitness testimony? Well, nobody really saw him rise from the dead. They saw him after. Well, that's in the Bible. You're right. The Bible's also a historical book. It's funny. Uh, how many of you were at uh, the sinking of the Titanic? Anybody? Nobody alive was. But do you believe it sank? Why? Because there's eyewitness testimony. Do you believe that broken half? And, and we have descriptions of what happened. How do, how do we know that's what happened? Because we have eyewitness testimony. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, it, it, it goes through and describes the number of people that saw him after he, he died. Say, so, well, you can't believe eyewitness testimony. We, we believe it all the time. You know what's even more than that? Not, not just the numbers of people that saw him. The Bible says there were over 500 people that saw him alive after the resurrection. You know what, 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 what convinces me besides the fact that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and I, and I understood and I believed? Listen, all those men, those apostles, those disciples that preached the truth, Paul himself, having seen Jesus after he was ascended up into heaven, you know how we, they all died for their faith. Every single one of them. They, they, they didn't, they, they, were, they were given an opportunity to rescind what they, what they were preaching, and they, and they didn't think back that, well, you know, well, we did lie about that whole resurrection thing. No, they believed it wholeheartedly, so they went to the grave for it. They saw him. They knew. I, I know because God's word and God's spirit has given me understanding that the word of God is true. But even a reasonable person can read the, read the word of God and come to that same conclusion. Unless, unless the, the spirit of this world will blind your eyes. And the Bible says that he does. In fact, the Bible says that the gospel be hid, it's hid to those that are lost. That it's even reasonable for us to believe it. We don't need to change it. We don't need to make up some other story. Uh, listen, we, have, we live in a world where, where even Christians are making up other stories or, or only half believing it or saying they believe it but not living like they believe it. Listen, our whole faith is built upon the foundation of the resurrection. If you do not believe, you won't live like it. If you don't believe, you don't have salvation. Believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and I shall be saved. We see all the awesome wonder there in verse 2 and 3. We also have some actual witnesses that were there. Speaking to those women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. Verse 5, the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. 
And notice here the, the, the change that takes place in these women. They came weeping and mourning. They came grieving. I don't know about you, but if, I, if my whole life, everything, I'd, my hopes, uh, I'd pinned them upon had fallen through, I'd be kind of sad. And not just my life, but everything. The Bible says that in Proverbs, hope deferred or not received maketh the heart sick. And their hearts were sick. They were grieving because the one that they thought was the Messiah had died. And they forgot that he would rise again. They, they, they didn't believe that he was going to rise again. This was the third day. If they, were, if they really believed, they'd have been counting down the days, saying, okay, come on. Instead, they were just coming because they, could, they wanted to anoint the body. They wanted to worship him. They came to, to, to weep and to mourn over the dead body of their Savior. But they, they, when they left, they were, they were rejoicing over, over the fact that he was no longer there. They were reverencing, they were worshiping the Lord and Savior because of what they had seen. Listen, there was a change in their life. I don't know about you, but as a, as a child of God, when I finally saw that when Jesus died on the cross and, and rose to the grave, that it was real, there was a change in me. I went from walking about thinking, thinking that I had no hope, that I had no, that, that I had no future uh, in this world, that this world was it, that all, that's all I ever had. Listen, when I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I became a changed person. And the belief and rejoicing in the fact that the, that the resurrection is true will bring joy to you. It gives us hope. That no matter uh, that what is going on in this world, no matter how difficult things can be, and listen, they can be difficult. 2020 was a year of years for, for these, these generations that are alive today. Uh, it was, it, it, I, we, we have never seen anything like that in our lifetime. There are a few people that were around for the pandemic of, of uh, whatever it was, 19, whatever, 18, uh, but there aren't many of them. And uh, we, we've never seen anything like that. Uh, people have gone through uh, all kinds of different things in the last people losing their jobs and just, it's, been, it's been crazy but listen our hope isn't in what the government can provide for us our hope isn't in what, 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 what that we're going to make it through this virus our hope isn't in any of those things my hope is in the future I was promised eternal life and that eternal life started the moment that I asked Christ into my heart Jesus said, you must, to, to Nicodemus, you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. It's talking about a spiritual life, an awakening, uh, a, a, a living thing inside of me. And I'm not talking about some, uh, some mystical kind of thing. God has worked in me. It's not mystical. It's the spirit of God working and bringing me new life. Oh, says that old things will be passed away and behold, all things become new. Through sanctification of the word of God, I'm not perfect yet. And according to Philippians, uh, he that has begun that good work will perform until the day of Jesus Christ. He continues to work on me until the day I die and I stand with Jesus in heaven. And then I'll, I'll, I'll become what he's wanted me to be. These actual witnesses, they were changed. They came weeping, they left rejoicing. There was a clear message. We see it here in verse 6 and 7. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. I love this, this, this phrase. This, this phrase kind of stuck with me. Uh, I titled the message, Come See the Place Where the Lord Lay. Now, it's important that you look at the English word, words. It sounds almost like, come see where he is, but that's not what it's saying. The word lay is a, is, is a past tense. It's, it's not where he is laying, it's where he once laid. 
He says, come see the see the empty the empty tomb is what they're saying. And he says, come and see. This is what's happened. They've been given a message. And in verse 7 says, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen. What a clear message. What a clear, man, we convolute it and we mix it up with so much other garbage that people don't know what's true anymore. The book of uh, the, the church uh, of uh, Galatia, Paul writes to the church, says, how quickly were you removed from the gospel? Philippians chapter 15, or Philippians, Philippians 15, you find Philippians 15, get a new Bible. First Corinthians 15, uh, uh, Paul says, listen, the foundation uh, of the gospel is what, is, 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 is what, you, what we preach to you and what you first believed. We add things to it all the time. Good works. Church membership, baptism, tithing, uh, I mean, uh, dress a certain way, speak a certain way. Uh, we can add all kinds of things we want to. You know what that does? It perverts the truth. The gospel is simple. Jesus died for your sin. He rose again, and he lives forever. And you can too if you place your faith and trust in him. He desires to live in you and to change you and to make you into what you can be. It's a very clear message. They have a first-hand account. They were able to go and tell the disciples what they saw. And they went, and they told a faint-hearted assembly. Listen, they, again, the disciples weren't back there counting the days. It's the third day. Just go check. See if, he, see if he's still there yet. See, see if he's gotten up yet. No. It's like, you ever been like a kid? This is what it would have been like. If they really believed that Jesus, what Jesus had said, and that he was going to rise again, in fact, I don't believe they honestly remembered it. Uh, I think they were just overcome with grief and doubt and fear that they forgot what he had said, uh, or, they, or, or they doubted it. Uh, but, but if they had really believed it, it would have been like kids on Christmas morning waiting for mom and dad to get up. Think about it. Kids on Christmas morning, I can remember, I'm not a kid anymore, uh, but there was once a time when I was. I know I've got gray hair, and I'm younger than some of you, and older than a lot of you. But listen, when there was a time when we were kids, and mom and dad weren't up yet, I'd get up early, I'd peek out the door, there's all the presents. Man, it's there! I just, come on, mom, get up. Try to make lots of noise. So That's what the disciples would have been like if they really believed. But instead, they were all grieving, just like the two women were. It's a faint heart assembly. Listen, don't don't judge them for what they did. You would have been in the same situation. You would have been in the same situation. So we've seen the, the awesome wonder of the actual witnesses. Now I want to see the let's look at the automatic worship. Verse 9, so far they've seen the angel, they've seen the empty tomb. Verse 9 tells us, and as they went to tell his disciples, behold. Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and they held him by the feet and worshipped him. I don't know about you. As, as good as it was to see an empty tomb, as good as it was to hear the news from, from, the, from the angel, it must have been what a blessing it was to see your Savior. To see the one who they said was alive. They saw him firsthand. The Bible says they, they fell at his feet. They began to worship him. Listen, when we trust in Christ, we place our faith in him. Listen, when we come seeking him. When you came to church today, what did you come for? To hear me preach? I hope not. Because my preaching is not that great. 
There are better speakers than me. You could have turned on the television and found 50 guys that are better, better at speaking than I am. I don't know if they'll all be preaching the truth, but they're better speakers than I am. I'm serious. I, I don't have an ability. I, I stutter if you haven't noticed. I, I, <laughs> when I talk about it, it gets worse. I don't, I don't have the ability to, to, to gain somebody's attention and to keep their attention and to teach them something and change them. I can teach you something that you can learn, but that doesn't mean that changes you. There's a difference. Only the Spirit of God can do that. So what do you come here for? It's tradition. It's Easter. If that's all you came here for, we'll see you next Easter. Now listen, I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but listen, when you come to, come to church, I, I hope, I pray that your desire is to, to fall down and worship at the, at, the, at the presence of God. So I can't see him here. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. He's not going to, the, 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 the roof isn't going to open up and Jesus come dropping down here. That would be awesome if he did that, but it's not going to happen. But his presence can be here. Listen, you don't even need to be at church to be in the presence of God. These, these two, three women, they just left where they thought he would, his body lay. And now they're, they're going to tell the disciples and Jesus just appeared. You can meet with Jesus in, in your home with your Bible and your time of prayer. You can meet with, but when you do, worship him. When you do, make sure that you worship him. You adore him. You praise him. You thank him for who he is and what he has done. If you got nothing else, praise him for the resurrection and praise him for the hope that we have in that because otherwise we would have no hope. His divine appearance, the devoted adoration. They were devoted to him. They, were, they, they would have done anything. In fact, uh, they, they, were, they were going back to tell, tell, because, uh, tell the, the disciples because of what the angel had said. Uh, and here they're worshiping him. They're, they're adoring him. They're devoted to him. Why? Because he's the Savior. They're now in his presence. And uh, he's, he's revealed himself to them. And they're, they're devoted. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're giving of themselves to him. They're, they, they're literally humbling themselves. and uh, getting out. Have you ever seen somebody do that to somebody else? It, 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 it goes completely against their culture to humble ourselves, to lower ourselves. You see that in other cultures where, they, where they'll, they'll, they'll bow or they'll, they'll, they'll kneel? That's not our culture today. Why? Because we're proud Americans. And we're all standing on the same footing. And the truth is, we, as Christians, we should all be humble. Amen? But our, 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 we, we fight that flesh battle. But when we come to God to worship, we should bow, humble ourselves before the Lord. Bible says that that's what he wants. He resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Devoted adoration. And then we, we notice the desperate assurance. He says, they worship and then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there they shall see me. They're to go and they're to tell the, the disciples that Jesus said to go to Galilee that they meet that he would meet with them there. I want you to notice as we go further that some anxious wrongdoers. Verse, 10, verse eleven. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. 
And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while he slept. And if this come to the governor's ear, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jewish people. There's a foolish disbelief. A foolish disbelief. They, they, they weren't sure what happened. They're not sure what they saw. They went back and told them what they saw. And they said, oh, no, no, no. just go and tell, spread the word. Here's some money. Go tell others. Go tell others that the disciples came and stole the body. And if it word comes back to the governor, I know you're afraid they're going to kill you, we'll speak to the governor on your behalf. Everything's going to be fine. So they went and they spread the lie. I don't know about you, but if I had just seen an angel come down from heaven, I'd be, I, I don't know that I could uphold that falsehood, that lie. I remember there's a Roman centurion standing uh, uh, next to the cross as Jesus Christ died. And, 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 and when, when Christ died, the Bible talks about there being an earthquake and, and the sky being black. And, and he looks up and says, surely this is the Son of God. He, he trusted, he, played, he believed that he was God. Listen, uh, these men is foolish unbelief. But the truth is, any unbelief is foolish. Any unbelief is foolish. And we do it. Listen, we've all done it. We've all been there. But it's because Satan blinds the eyes of the lost. Puts false, false thoughts in their, in their mind or their head. But you can tell when somebody is beginning to understand. You can almost see it in your eyes as you talk to them. It's, it's, there's, there's not just the knowledge of the words, but, the, but God is opening up, pulling back that that. that, that, that Blind. I was talking with somebody this week who uh, who was sharing a testimony of, of uh, some some people that, that they're working with, and it said it was uh, you just see it in their eyes. It, it wasn't just me preaching. In fact, it was it was God speaking to them, and they what what a blessing! What a blessing that is. God pulls back the understanding, the, the, the misunderstanding, and gives gives them understanding of the gospel. We see the fr frantic disarray and the false description that went about telling others. We'll finish with this. The authentic work. The, the, the authentic work. Verse 16 says this, And the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. There was an awaiting people. These 11 disciples went away. It says that when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. And even though they saw him, saw him, there was some doubt in their mind. And you can read the other accounts. There were multiple accounts. Some, some revealing different times when, when Jesus revealed himself to them. If you remember, Thomas was one who came in later, didn't see Jesus. And, and, and they said, no, no, he was really here. And, and then the next day, after he had said, well, I won't believe it until I put my fingers in his hands. And I put my hands in his side. And listen, the next day, Jesus appeared appeared when Thomas was there, and he says, here are my hands, and here's my side. And he fell down, and he worshipped them, and there 
those that, that, that believed and those that saw that still doubted. And listen, there are some today that believe and there are some today that doubt. But listen, the, the word of God is true. The gospel is true. And the, in, within the gospel is the power to change your life. If you're not saved to you today, if you've never placed your faith, you, you're only here because it's tradition. You're only here to make somebody happy. You know, maybe you come all the time and you've been a member of this church, but there's there's nothing, no life within you, no spiritual life. Jesus said you must be born again. Listen, the gospel can transform you. Not the words, but the spirit. It gives you new life. They were an awaiting people. We see an authoritative person here. Jesus is giving them the, some direction. He says, came and spake to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. He was authoritative. He had the authority to, 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 to direct them in what to do and where to go. And this not because he rose from the dead, but because of who he was. He had, he had all, all authority in, in heaven and in earth to give a command to these followers of his. And guess what that command was? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. The inadequate, adequate plan, we see it in, in uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. This is going to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. Listen, it's not the number of people that are going. It's not the, the ability of them to persuade to persuade men. It's the power of God that works, that, that brings about the salvation of lost souls. Notice that the mandate that he gave them. He didn't say, if you feel like it. If you ever up to it. He said, go. Why? Because Jesus came to save the, to, to, to die for the sins of the whole world, not just the Jewish people. Paul, uh, who, who uh, wrote most of the New Testament, was the apostle to the Gentiles. Peter was revealed to Peter in a vision that they were to, to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. That the, that the movement of God that was, going up, that was going about in the Gentiles' lives was the same move of God that was working in the, the lives uh, of, the, of, of the Jewish people. Listen, he died for all of us. Man, woman, uh, doesn't matter what your race is, doesn't matter what your gender is, doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter who you are, hey, he died for all of us. So the mandate was to go and tell the whole world because there's a whole world of people that need to hear the gospel. They don't need to hear about your church. They don't need to hear about uh, the friends you have here. Uh, they, they, those things are all great. They're fine. They don't need to hear about the, tradi the traditions or the songs that we sing. They don't need to hear about the way people dress or, the, or how nice we are. They don't need to hear those things. They're all fine and dandy. I'm not but the power is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He gave them a mandate. He gave them the power to go. This is go ye into go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever things I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always. Even at the end of the world, he'll always be with you. One of the problems that we face is we think we're going alone. One of the problems that we face is that when we go, we go alone. I don't mean without a partner. 
Listen, if this, if if being a witness uh, consisted solely of, of going on visitation and knocking on doors with somebody from church, uh, we would be failing as a church. You know, what, you know what being a witness is? It's being a witness to the guys that you work with. Sitting down with them and, and sharing the gospel with those people. You know what being a witness is? Sitting down uh, with family members. That, they, 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 they know the gospel. That maybe they've seen a change in your life. But, but you, can, you can share with them what God has done for you and, what, and how God has changed you through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Teach it to your kids. That's being a witness. Teach it to your neighbors and the people across the street. Listen, that's going. And that's being the witness that God has called us to be. God won't, God won't call you to do anything else until you do that first. If we make it about a, a church ministry, then, well, once I've done my ministry, I'm done for the day. I'm done for the week. I don't do that again. No. In fact, if you follow through the book of Acts, we won't, for the sake of time, we won't do it. But if you follow through in the book of Acts... They preached in a lot of different in Jerusalem for quite a while until until and, and thousands were saved. Came to Christ. But when persecution came, they all scattered. And guess what they did when they scattered? That was they went everywhere preaching the gospel. They didn't they didn't wait for certain times. Maybe they, they, they used they looked for opportunities, but it wasn't a, again, it wasn't just a, a ministry, it was their life. And when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple, it's, it's your life. The reason those women were devoted enough to go to that, to, to that, to that uh, empty tomb is because they, they, they had they'd given their lives to him, and he had died. And he showed that through his life that they could now give their lives to him. They, they said, go tell the disciples. Tell the disciples, go and tell the world. Listen, I'm telling you that mandate wasn't just for them. It's for all of us. The mandate to go and to teach people about Jesus, how he died for their sins. They need, people need to know that, the, that they're sinners and on the way to hell before they'll ever look for a savior. We live in a world where, where we, people don't want to, or you shouldn't judge any, anybody else. I'm nobody else's judge. I, I'm not worthy of being somebody's judge. But the Bible tells us for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's me, you, everybody. doesn't leave anybody out. And the truth is, if we're honest with ourselves, instead of trying to hide it from everybody else, we know that we're not perfect. We know that we've sinned. We know things that, that we have done and said and thought that nobody else knows about. I mean, we, we disgust ourselves if, we're, if we sit there and really think about some of the things that, that we're capable of or that we have thought about. God knows all of those things. And knowing those things, the Bible says he, he died for us. Once we place our faith and trust in him, what he's done for us on the cross, what he's promised us of an eternal life, believing in him, has been given to us to tell the world that he not only died, but that he rose again. The foundation, the foundation of our faith as Christians is not only the death of Jesus Christ. See the symbol of a cross. You see it everywhere. Churches all over the place. People wear it around their necks. Listen, I'm grateful for the cross because it was there my sins were born upon a sinless man. And he who knew no sin became sin for me so that I could, that I could become righteousness in him. But not only did he die for me, he rose for me. 
The whole purpose that we're here today on Easter is to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If he had not risen, we would have no reason to be here. Because we'd still have no conquer or victory over the grave. We have no reason to be here. But he is risen. Amen. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, that you are risen. Lord, that uh, we do have hope. Uh, Lord, that, uh, uh, that, that that grave lies empty even today. And Lord, that uh, you're no longer there. Lord, I thank you, Father, that uh, not only uh, are you alive in heaven, but your word tells, tells me that you're alive within me. And God, I, I, I praise you for it. It's not because I deserve it, Lord, but it's because of your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Lord, help, help us now, Lord. I pray that your spirit would just work amongst our hearts, Lord, that you would be glorified. If there's one here today that's not saved, that, uh, Lord, that you would touch their hearts and help them to see their need of salvation. Lord, that they would see the truth and come to Christ. We ask, Lord, for, for all, for your work in all of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Heads bowed, nice close for just a moment.